This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is A's All Night. Floriano has hit it out again. A's Baseball, just for you. Here is A's All Night. I'm Alex Jensen, and it's time for A's All Night. The Green and Gold kept it rolling on Sunday afternoon, beating the White Sox by the final of 3-2 in walk-off fashion to complete the sweep of this three-game series. We begin on Sunday with some defense. Matt Chapman was all over the place for Oakland in the series finale and made a dazzling play for the second out in the top of the second. Jimenez, a right-handed hitter, dribbled toward third, charging tough play near the back. Chapman's got an off-balance throw and a stretch by Olsen. Another sparkling play by Chapman, and that's the second out. But that didn't stop the White Sox from scoring in the frame. The next hitter was John Jay, who kept the inning alive with the double, setting up Jose Rondon with two outs, and he opened the scoring. Jay in the pitch is swung on a line drive to left. That's going to sink for a hit. Jay is the third. They're going to wave him. They is have a shot to throw. It's way off line, though, and Jay has scored. Rondon goes to second, and the White Sox take a 1-0 lead. The A's responded in the third. A one-out single by Franklin Beretta was followed by Marcus Simeon, who reached on an error. That brought Matt Chapman to the plate, and he tied the game with a productive out. Bouncing ball Short, short, middle of the diamond, handled by Rondon. The run is home. He throws the first a little wide. He just barely got Chapman going by as Barreto scores to tie the game at one, sending Simeon over to third base. With the score still tied at one, we fast forward to the sixth, where A starter Brett Anderson was trying to get out of a two-on, nobody-out jam. After a strikeout, Anderson got a ground ball in the right direction to where Matt Chapman hangs out, and the platinum glover didn't disappoint. The one-two pitch to McCann. It's hit to third. Chapman's got it on the bag for one across the diamond for two. And just like that, the inning is over. Little bouncer over the bag at third, and Chapman racing to the bag. Then across the body, the throw across the diamond to Olsen, and the A's get an inning-ending 5-3 double play. But in the seventh, the White Sox would finally break the tie. Aloy Jimenez led off the inning against Anderson and showed off his power. Swung on, lifted a deep left center field. It's got some carry. Back on it as Grossman to the wall, and it is gone. Right over the 388 sign, Eloy Jimenez is... 17th home run, unlocks the game and gives the White Sox a 2-1 lead. Anderson will get two outs in the frame before being lifted with a man on second in favor of Yusmero Petit. Again, the A's lefty was quality, going six and two-third innings and giving up just two runs. A skipper Bob Melvin on the lefty battling through some bumps and bruises to give the club some length, and Anderson himself on how he felt on Sunday. You know, he had a couple of things. He, you know, gets the bat thrown at him and hits him in the shin and then gets spun around when Chappie calls him off on that and you know in the past maybe those are things that take him out of the game and you know we've seen him a few times this year uh, push through and, and go out there and continue to pitch you know it was impressive even after that to go out there and only give up two runs. Yeah I felt good in the first inning and then I felt good in the second inning until I kicked the Sanchez's donut on his bat. You know battled through it um, made some pitches when I had to made a terrible pitch to Jimenez and then, you know but 
felt terrible about it though. I cost us the game, but luckily uh, Ron came up with a big hit and uh, you know, we were able to come out on top. So but for my first start after the break, I, uh, I felt pretty good. You know, first time working with Herman and uh, gotten a pretty good rhythm there, and uh, so I'll, uh, I'll take it. With the Oakland offense looking for a spark, enter Ramon Laureano, who led off the bottom of the seventh against new Chicago pitcher Evan Marshall. Breaking ball lifted toward right center field. Jason Garcia back over the shoulder, back on the track at the wall. It's gone. It disappears to the left of the 388 sign. And Laureano has tied the game at two. His 18th long ball of the year, 51 RBIs. He does it all by himself. Laureano ties it at two. That's uh. That's a lot of power from that little guy right there. Melvin weighs in on the importance of Laureano's long ball, and he and Ramon comment on the center fielder's added power this season after his 18th home run of the year. Yeah, it's big. You know, it's typically late in these games, the both pitchers are pitching pretty well. You know, the way the ball's flying these days, it's going to be a home run that, that might be the difference. Brett pitched a really good game, and then, you know, one pitch change up, probably got a little bit more of the plate than he wanted to, ends up being a home run to be able to follow it up right after his game. At some point in time, we felt like he had a chance to be a 30 home run guy, you know, maybe on pace a little sooner than maybe we expected based on his, you know, experience in the big leagues, but, you know, he's a strong guy all the way around, whether it's throwing arm, whether it's speed, stole base today pretty easily, and, and it's got a lot of power, so um, understanding the league, making adjustments and so forth, no, not a surprise to me. Like 10 pounds, I think. So yeah, I think that's the balls that I feel like it, they were gonna hit the ball, the wall. They're going over the fence, literally by a, it's by a little. And uh, but I think that's for you know gaining some weight. In the bottom of the eighth, the A's were right back at it. Good base running by Chapman put runners on the corners with nobody out after back-to-back singles to open the frame. And then Chris Davis hit a fly ball, after which a controversial play yeah, once ensued. Once again, the 0-2 pitch, and Chris hits a high fly ball down the right field line into foul territory. The right fielder Cordell in the bullpen makes the catch. Chapman's hanging, comes to the plate. The throw going to be close. The tag and out at the plate. Chapman looking toward the dugout, wants the A's to challenge this. And a bang-bang play at the plate and the tag by Cordell. And Chapman thought he might have gotten his right hand on the plate. And they're going to look at it. Although it looked as if Chapman may have snuck his hand in before the tag, the ruling was upheld. Chapman on the play, and Loriano adds his thoughts, noting that in the end, the ball doesn't lie. I thought I was safe, but uh, looking at the replay, I could see, because I think that they didn't see enough definitive evidence that I touched home plate, because I did beat the tag. Because uh, you see, he tags me on the leg, so like I was over there, but my hand was kind of hovering, and maybe they didn't see me touch home plate completely, but I'm a little bummed out because I wanted to get KD that RBI. It was clear. I don't think we would attack it. I don't know. But, uh, Hey, the game ended up like the way it should have ended up. They're winning the game, so it's like Indeed, the game ended as it should have, just one inning later. In the bottom of the ninth, Chad Pinder led off with a crucial pinch hit single after a good at bat, and then Laureano followed with a simple ground ball to the left side that turned into chaos at the Coliseum and an A's win. And it's a swing and a ground ball to the hole. It's short backhand, throw to second, and the throw goes away. It rolls into foul territory down the right field line. Pinder's around third, comes to the he scores, and that's how the A's win the game. Wow. And the A's have won it by the score of 3-2. That is unbelievable. So that's how the A's win it and sweep the series. And for the first time this year, the Athletics are 12 games over 500. They're 53-41. and 41.
3-2 A's over the White Sox. Pinder and Chapman take us through the mad dash around the bases, and Melvin comments on the emotional swing of the last two innings and his team's resiliency. Yeah, I mean, initially when I see him go to his back end, I'm just like, try to get there and beat the throw, because you know his only play there is to get to second base. And uh, then I saw the second baseman lunge for it and saw where it went, and I was just watching Maddie and Maddie sent him. So. Chad was able to get on base, which was huge, and then I feel like he was running hard and putting pressure on the shortstop to try and turn that ball, and throws like that at our field can definitely turn it the other team's way. I feel like, you know, some teams maybe aren't used to all that foul territory, but I was just glad that we were able to, you know, find a way and the ball kind of bounced our way and we were able to get that win. You know, it takes a good A-B to get it started. Once it gets started, then you have a good feeling that we have a chance to win. So a little unorthodox, you know, some momentum swings with, you know, the play, the play. we've seen a couple of those, I think, here uh, recently that don't go our way and plow forward and this team over for a period of time now doesn't like stuff like that affect them. So, you know, we've had quite a few walk-off wins here in the last couple of years. So I think any time that we feel like we're close in the game, no matter what's been going on, that we have a chance to win. Now winners of 17 of their last 22, the A's sit at a season-high 12 games over the 500 mark at 53-41. and 41. Chapman and Pinder after the game on staying hot to start the second half in completing the sweep of the White Sox. We found a way to win it at the end, and, I, you know, I think that's what you know, good teams do, and we were able to get the sweep and those are huge you know finishing out series like that is big especially when you want to you know, catch the Astros and make the playoffs I mean it seems like we didn't skip a beat and hopefully we can keep that rolling we got another off day tomorrow and got another series against Seattle so keep playing good baseball and that series right there was just a complete series win by the whole team after a day off Oakland will look to keep it going on Tuesday night sending righty Daniel Mingdon to the mound for the opener of a quick two-game series with the Seattle Mariners to conclude the homestand even with the club off on Monday Monday, programming continues on A's Cast. A's Cast Live runs from 4 to 7 p.m. on Monday as Chris Towns will be joined by Sarah Langs of MLB.com, former Reds manager Brian Price, and Dr. Meredith Wills, among others. Pre-game coverage of A's Mariners kicks off at 6.05 p.m. on Tuesday with A's Total Access, followed by first pitch at 7.07 along the Oakland A's radio network. Thanks for listening. I'm Alex Jensen, and this is A's All Night. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.